I'll read a little bit from John chapter 21 today. I told my wife, look, I don't mind you knowing this. I'm 67 years old. I'm beyond mid-age. I'm beyond youth. I'm an old man now. That's what they call me. And my kids all laugh because I'm set in my ways. I told her, I think it was last night, I said, you know what? I'm really not into entertaining people. If that's what you came for today, you're in the wrong house. But I am interested in what God would say to this church. And what the Lord wants us to do to be saved. Anybody here want to go to heaven? I'm going to do my best to get you there. Now some people I'm having to drag in. And they're kicking and screaming the whole way. You know, it's just, I, I don't know if I'm going to get you across the finish line or not. But I'm doing my very dead level best. I want you to go to heaven. So today I'm going to preach to you some, just some things from the heart. I don't have any notes, just scriptures and maybe one sentence here there I wrote down. So I'm not preaching from a lot of notes today. I'm just preaching from the heart. John chapter 21, if you'd like to stand, if your knees are not wore out from standing so long. And let me say this to you. If you're elderly in this church and we stand so long, you can't stand up, sit down. It's okay. It's all right. They don't know how it is yet in young bucks. But they will find out, because I, I used to think just like you young ones did, but I understand. John 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. He actually got a little angry and upset. The Bible said, because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, my sheep. Then the Lord said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, Thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Notice that, by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. You may be seated. The 21st chapter of John is a very interesting chapter. It's the last chapter of the book of John. And John was writing about the appearance of Jesus. If you go back and read that whole chapter, it's, it's pretty, 
I found it pretty interesting, pretty neat, some very interesting things to me at least because the Bible tells us that John and, and uh, Peter and some of the other disciples, you know, Jesus had died and was resurrected. He had already appeared to them twice, but now Peter said, I'm going fishing, and they said, we're going with you, so they did. And the scripture bears out that they got in a small boat, and they went out, and they fished all night on the Sea of Tiberias. And they didn't catch a thing. Now, they were like me, because I can go and not catch a thing. If you want them to quit biting, you call me, I'll go, and I can shut it down. If I bought a load of, thank, of, of turkeys, they'd cancel Thanksgiving this year. But uh, nevertheless, they didn't catch a thing. And then, so, so while they're in the dark and while they're fishing, there is a figure that walks to the, to the bank and looks out and, and says, children, have you caught any fish? And, and they didn't know, the scripture said, who it was, but John recognized him uh, because all of a sudden, he says to them, he said, put your nets on the right side of the boat. Well, now, I want to tell you something. If, if you're out fishing and you fished all night and hadn't caught anything, number one, you're already aggravated. You're already upset. And nevertheless, they did exactly what this stranger said because they didn't recognize him until they put their nets on the right side of the boat and then the Bible said they had so many fish that they couldn't get them all in. And, and John said to Peter, he said, that's our Lord. And Peter, go read the chapter. I got to reading it this morning early. Peter, the Bible said, grabbed his coat and put it on because he was naked. Years ago, I was, uh, this is just a little insert, time out, but I, when I lived down in Catahoula Parish, and I, I went fishing one day, and I was in the backside of nowhere, and I took my shirt off, you know, every young man, I was about probably 30 then, uh, you know, you want to get that tan, and you want to look good, and I had my shirt off, and I was fishing, and there wasn't nobody there but me and God. But uh, somebody came by, and I saw it was a, just another guy, so I didn't worry about it. Well, a few days later, I was in the hospital, and a, and, and a, and a woman that, that, if she came to the preacher and said, I'd like to lay my tongue on the altar, it'd be like the one that came, and the preacher said, well, here's 10 foot of altar. Do the best you can. I was in a hospital, and she said, well, she didn't go to my church, thank God. Somebody said, you was fishing with a, your shirt off. I said, yes, ma'am. Don't you know God saw you? I said, well, do you reckon he saw me take a bath this morning? So here's Peter out here naked. And he, he grabs it. That was the end of the conversation, by the way. And he grabs his coat and he puts it on and he bails out of the boat. Go read it. He swam to the shore. And when he got there, I don't know, the Bible doesn't specifically say, but the Bible does tell us that when the rest of the disciples got there and they're dragging these fish, the Lord already has a fire and he's already got fish and he's already got bread 
And he says to them, come and dine. Come on in. It's time to eat. This must have been breakfast because they had fished all night. And the Bible specifically says on that day that with that catch of fish, there was 153 fish in that net. That's a pretty good catch, isn't it, Shannon? 153 that they brought in. And they had plenty of fish to eat. It all led into the story that I'm reading to you today. The Bible said when they had dined, when they got through eating, Jesus looked at Simon and he said to him, can I just put it in our own words, just our own English, if I may. He said, Simon, do you love me? He really said, lovest thou me more than these? More than what? More than fishing? More than boats? More than friends? More than family? More than anything you have. Do you love me more than anything you have? And Simon says, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said, Feed my sheep or feed my lambs. And so again, the Lord asked him, You know, it, it, it's, uh, it's kind of annoying sometimes. It's like a child that comes to you and says, I want this, or do you, will you do this, or will you do this? And they keep on, will you do this? Here's the Lord saying to Simon again, do you love me? And he said, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said to him, then feed my sheep. And the third time, and this time, the Bible said Peter was grieved because he said it to him the third time. If you go look it up, you'll find that he was upset that the Lord was pressing him. And asking him again, do you really love me? Do you love me more than anything or anybody? You got to understand that the man that he was talking to was the man that had just denied him at Calvary's cross. He was the man that had just just sat in the in the crowd and said, I don't know him. And three times he did that through the night until the cop crowed in the morning and he realized his sin and the Bible said Peter wept bitterly with tears. God knew. God knew if he loved him and God knew if he repented and God knew it all and Peter knew that he knew it all. And so here he is again asking him the third time and he's saying Lord you know everything and you know that I love you. I've, I've preached some of these scriptures many times in the past so this is nothing new. What I've come to preach today is this. Jesus just wants to know if you love him. Jesus just come to ask today, do you really love him? When I got to counting my blessings this morning in prayer, when I got to talking to the, God, the Lord this morning early, I got to telling God, thank you for all that you've done. I love you, Lord. He just said to me again, how much do you love me? Do you really love me? Have you shown your love for me? Do you really love me? And I, I could not help but remember that Jesus himself, when he was questioned by, by the Pharisee of what is the greatest commandment, he said to them, the first commandment, the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord with all of your heart, 
all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. You've got to love God with everything that's in you. You know, if you go read, if you go read 1 Corinthians 13, it is the love chapter of the Bible. And it talks about though you have the tongues of men and of angels, and you have not charity, that's love. If you have all of these things and you don't have love, he said, you're a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. If you don't have the love of God in you, you don't have the best part in you. And I'm here to preach to you on a Sunday morning that we are here because we love him and we better fall in love with him again and again and again and again the Bible tells us that we have to love him from the top of our head to the sole of our feet with every faculty of our body and our mind our soul and our spirit we have to love the Lord can anybody here say amen today That's the first commandment. Nobody, nobody, and nothing can come before God in your life. Did you hear me? Not a job, not a hobby, not a sport, not a family member, not a piece of property, not a career, not school, not education. Nothing can come between you and God. Am I preaching truth today? For those of you who don't think I am, let me read to you from Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37. Here's what Jesus said. It's in red letter in your Bible if you have a red letter edition. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me It's not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He said, you got to love me more than anybody or anything, even your own life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I feel preaching my bones here right now. Luke picked it up and said this in Luke 14 and 26. Jesus said, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters and yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. Now, he didn't mean that you have to hate as we know hate. What he is saying is that you can't love them more than you love me. You can't love it more than you love me. you got to love me more than anything, anybody, anywhere, or any time. I have to have your love. I read somewhere in the scripture where God said, I am a jealous God. You ever read that? We know jealousy is not good. The proverb said that jealousy is cruel as the grave. But in God, it is good. Because he says, you're my bride, you're my, you're my church, you're my people, you are they who've been called by my name, I love you, and I don't want you courting anybody else, I don't want you, let me tell you something, now I, I'm going to just preach a little bit and have a little fun while I'm doing it, okay, when I was a young guy, I, I wasn't very big, but I'd fight you in a drop of a hat 
over early. I whip you so fast, you wouldn't even know what hit you. I've been whipped a few times, but I got her. There's one side, saddled up beside her in the campground down there one time in the tabernacle. And I eased up and just laid him out right in the tabernacle. That's terrible, isn't it? I mean, I put a right hook on him. If you love somebody, if you love what you're doing, or if you love that person, or if you love that, you, you know what? Love will make you do crazy things. Are you, are you hearing me today? Love, let me tell you, there's not anything I wouldn't do for my kids. There's not anything I wouldn't do for my grandkids. I tell you, I love every one of them, and I've tried to turn the world upside down for them, but I don't love her, and I don't love them, and I don't love you, and I don't love anybody anymore than I love God. He is the center and the circumference of my life. He's everything that I breathe and eat and sleep. He's my whole. He's my everything. He's my all. Hallelujah. Is there anybody that loves him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength? You know why you love him? Because he loved you first. He loved you when you weren't worth loving. He loved you when you were unlovable. I want you to hear me today. When we were sinners, the Bible said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were nobody, while we were lost in the pits and the mire of sin, when our life was a wreck, when we were troubled and we were despondent and we had depression and we had oppression and we had issues and we had habits and we had addictions, he loved us anyway. He loved you. It doesn't matter if you're fat or skinny or ugly or pretty. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter if you got CDs or no CDs, land or no. He loved you. He loved you because you're a living soul. He loved you because he created you. And he loves you just like you are. Hallelujah. Oh, aren't you glad he's for us? He is for us today. Hallelujah. There's a song that Merle, you and maybe Joan wrote it years ago. And it said, if you had known me before I knew him, you would understand why I love him. If you had known me, if you just knew what God done in my life, does anybody remember the cleansing? Does anybody remember when you said, forgive me, Lord, and the blood of Jesus washed you? Hallelujah. Does anybody remember how God set you free from the things that you were bound with? Now, you can either help me preach or, and we'll get out of here on time or you can sit there and we'll be here about three. Well, I may be here by myself, but See, you don't know what he's done for me. You don't know. We're going to give some testimonies here in the next few weeks why people love this church. Because we have, we have people in this church that come from all kinds of things and habits and situations. 
I, I mean, I could look around this room now. Look, good old, good old me, goody two shoes. I, I was raised in a church and raised in a good home, and I don't know anything about drugs and alcohol and 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 the lifestyle that some folks know. You know what? I got a great testimony because he kept me from all that. But let me tell you something. You have a great testimony because he brought you out of some of that. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you know Jesus today? He loves us in spite of who we are and what we are. I got to thinking today about a woman in the Bible that... uh, but there, there's, three, there's three different writers that tell about her. But I found Luke to be the most profound in my opinion because he said in Luke chapter 7 and verse 37, he said, Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. Everybody here say which was a sinner. She wasn't a churchgoer. She was a sinner. Would you to hear me. When she knew that Jesus said it me to the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with that precious ointment in that alabaster box. Now when the Pharisees See, this, this is people that don't know what he's done for you. When the Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, he would have known who and what manner of woman that is that toucheth him. For she is a sinner. And evidently she was known in town for being a sinner. She was known for her acts. But the Pharisee, Oh, aren't they just wonderful Pharisees? I tell you what Jesus called them, whited sepulchers on the outside, but full of dead men's bones on the inside. I tell you what he called them. He said, you're a cup that's clean on the outside, but inside you've got old nasty coffee grounds in there. Come on now. That's what he said about them. But this Pharisee said, well, if he was a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman he's dealing with. And Jesus said unto them, Simon, He said, I got something that I want to say to you. And Simon said, Master, say on. Here's what he said. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. One owed him 500 pence and the other only 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave both. Tell me, therefore. He just said, Simon, tell me which of them ought to love him more. Which loved him the most, the guy that owed him 500 pence or the one that owed him 50? And Simon said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. That's why I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus knows. And when he takes care, that's why we love him. That's why Shelly's on the front row today, because she fell in love with him. That's why you're here, Kirkland, because you know where he brought you from. That's why you're here because you see what God has done for you. Somebody ought to hear me today. What the more he's done for you, the more to be able to praise in your house and in your heart today because of what he's done for you. Jesus said, you're right. You're right. Thou hast said rightly, you're right. You said it right. You judged it right. 
Because when I forgave you, that's when you turned to love me. That's why we're here. He turned to the woman and he said, see this woman, I entered this house and you gave me no water for my feet. He scolded him now. He said, she washed my feet with tears and wiped with the hairs of her head and you gave me no kiss. But this woman, since I came here, she's not ceased to kiss my feet. And he said, my head, my head with oil, thou didst not anoint when I came in here, but this woman anointed my feet with her precious ointment. And so I'm gonna say to her right now, her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much but to whom little is forgiven the same loveth little you have to see where God brought us from to know the love of God in our life somebody get on your feet and shout hallelujah hallelujah you may be seated. I'm not through yet. So, so what I'm saying is this. He loved you. And he loved you when you were unlovable. He loved you no matter where you were and what you've done. He loved you. And because he loved you, you ought to love him. You ought to look. He loved you. Let me show you how much he loved you. He hung suspended between heaven and earth, not because he had sinned, not because he was wrong, because he loved you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then he said, for he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He loved you. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Hallelujah. Then I thought of another situation in the Bible. Same writer, Luke, chapter 10. More than one writer wrote about this. Chapter 10, verse 38. I'm just showing you some things this, real quick this morning. The Bible said in Luke 10, 38, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a woman, a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha, Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. This is just like sisters, isn't it? Martha's in there. She's trying to get all the dishes just right and the, and the cooking going and everything. And, and, and Mary's in there. She's just loving on the Lord. She's sitting at his feet. She's, she's just marveling at, at his goodness and his glory. And, and Martha gets, she gets upset just like any sister would. And she goes in there. She don't approach Mary. She says to the Lord, Lord, would you tell her to get up and come in here and help me? That's really what happened. That's really what happened. Could I show you a beautiful picture? Because Jesus looked up at Martha and he said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. The Bible said she was cumbered about much serving. And the Lord said, you all worried about stuff that don't matter. You're worried about things. Somebody in this room just say things. Light bills, car notes, sickness, 
hospitals, COVID-19. Well, you want to talk about things. Trouble, trouble in marriages, trouble with your kids, trouble in the home, trouble everywhere you look, trouble, problems, situate. Thank you, Brother Brother Jason Hodge. If you wasn't here Wednesday night, you ought to go plug into our website and watch that message because let me tell you, that man preached the pain off these walls. Trouble on every hand. But he said, Martha, you, you're careful and troubled about many things. But one thing, somebody say one thing. He said, one thing is needful. And Mary knows that one thing. She had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Martha, I'd rather not eat and know you love me. I'd rather not have a good bowl of beans and some pork chops and some good rolls and some fresh corn. Y'all hungry? I'd rather not have that and just know that you love me because Mary chose the good part. I wonder today how cumbered we are. And last week we had a good visiting preacher. What a phenomenal job. Wednesday night you had a good man preaching. Marvelous message. Today the pastor's going to talk to you. How cumbered are you? How troubled with the cares of this world are you? So much so that you hadn't got time to sit at his feet. So much so that you don't have time to love him like you ought to love him. Some of you, are, I've said it a thousand times. My daddy used to say it all the time. You're like the, the woman that looked at the man. And they'd been married about 50 years. She said, you don't ever tell me you love me anymore. He said, I told you once, if anything changes, I'll let you know. That's where some of you are. He wants to know if you love him. He don't want you to just say it. Are you listening to me? It's not a new message. It's what's coming from right here today. Because I'm worried. Can I tell you? I'm worried. I'm worried about people. Listen to me. The pandemic has one thing. It showed up to tell us who the real church is. Because some people, some people probably will never return. But not me. I love him too much to fail him now. I love him too much to break my vow. And I don't want to just tell him that. I don't want to just, you know, if I ask you, if I went individually to every soul in this room today, and I said, do you love him? Do you love Jesus Christ? You say, oh, pastor, I love him. I love him. But I'm not asking you to say you love him because he scolded Israel one time. And this is what he said. You go look up what I'm telling you and see if I'm not telling you the truth. He said, he was upset with Israel. He said, you, you're near me with your mouth, but you're so far from me with your heart. You're not doing what you say you are. You can proclaim that you love me, but if you love me, you'll want to be with me every waking minute. You'll want to see me. I tell you, I, I got to thinking this morning, it's funny. I've preached about it before. 
and, and I guess if I knew your situation, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd tell your situation. She gets mad at me every time I do this, but it's okay. See this girl right here? When I, she's saying, Danny, my God. Y'all can't hear When I was seven years old, I saw her. And I'm going to tell you, I fell in love with her then, but somewhere along the way I did. I ran up to, into her in the church and said, come here, I'll tell you something. She was visiting our church at the time. Her mama brought her to church. I'd kiss her in the ear and run. Seven years old. True story. I was her first date. She was my first date. She dated other people. I dated other people, but somehow, somehow, I knew this was it right here. When I was a teenage boy, I'd, I'd get on my bicycle and the mom, like, you can't, I'm too big for you to whip me right now. But when I lived down the south side of Monroe, I'd get on my bicycle and I'd, I'd run up over the old bridge, cross the old bridge down to 5th Street and West Monroe, take a left, go down that little frame house, see her, get back home before mom and daddy ever knew where I was at, on a bicycle. True story. True story. This is beyond some of your time. You won't even understand this. You don't even know what a phone booth is. Back then they had phone booths. Y'all remember who, who's old enough to remember phone booths? And they had they didn't have metal cords either, Bill. They had they had those cords. And we've learned as boys that you could there's two things you could do. You could go to a construction site where they had these slugs that they knocked out of out of a electrical box you could take one of them grind a little bit and put it in that phone and it'll work if you couldn't do one of them teach you some stuff chase and and you you take a straight pin and you could stick it through the phone cord and you could get the metal on the side of the phone booth and rub it and you get a dial tone you was in business any way i could any way i could we didn't have no cell phones as before the days of cell phones, but I, I love that girl. I'm just telling you right now, when you're in love, you'll do whatever you got to do to get there. When you're in love, you'll do whatever you got to do to be a part. When you're in love, you'll sell out. Hallelujah. You'll sell out. Hallelujah. When you're in love with Jesus, you'll be at his house. You'll be at the prayer. You'll be at the social. You'll, be a, you'll love his church. You'll love his bride. You'll love his kingdom. You'll love everything about him when you fall in love with him. All I'm here to ask you today is what he asked Simon. Do you love me? He said, do you love me? I just want to know if you love me. Stand all over this house with me right now. He's saying to me, lovest thou me more than these? Here's the danger. Here's the danger. If you want to know where we are in, in God's time clock, you go home today and you pick up your Bible and you read Matthew 24. It is a book of power, a chapter of prophecy telling what's going to happen in the last days. Listen to me right now. One scripture, one scripture that I want to talk about. I could talk about wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and pestilence and I could talk about all that and all that's happening right now. But in verse 12, Jesus said, because iniquity shall abound. That's wickedness. Because wickedness and sin shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. 
You know what he's saying? Because there's so much sin and there's so much degradation and there's so much wickedness. Some people are going to fall out of love with Jesus Christ. I'm here to preach to you. We don't have time for that. We got to fall in love with him again and get to where we love him more and more and more and more. Hmm. I guess, I guess sometimes standing where you're standing, you may not see it like I see it, but I stand not just in this pulpit, but as, as the watchman on the wall for this church. And I can tell when folks' love is waning. I can tell, I can tell when, pardon me for this, this kind of talk, but I can tell when there's some spiritual adultery going on. I can tell when something has taken the place of somebody's, uh, in somebody's life of the Lord they used to serve. Because all of a sudden, he's not nearly as important. And you wouldn't ride your bicycle a mile to hear it seem. And you wouldn't put a slug in a, in a telephone to see him or to talk to him because it's really I don't care anymore but I'm going to tell you you better care because time is winding up and he's looking for those who are in love with him I take you in my last verse of scripture to the book of Revelation today in Revelation chapter 2 Jesus was preaching and talking to the churches of, uh, uh, in, the, in the book of Revelation the first couple of chapters three chapters I think and when he got to the seven churches the church of, a, of, of uh, seven churches of Asia he got to the church of Ephesus this is what he said in chapter 2 he said unto the angel of the church of Ephesus right these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Here's what Jesus said. All right, watch me now. Listen to me right now. He said, Jesus said to the church, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how they, thou canst not bear them which are evil and that thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. This word scares me because he said nevertheless. That's a, that's a scary word. He said I know all this good stuff you're doing. Nevertheless. He said I have somewhat against you. He said because you have left your first love. say in Ephesus you don't love me like you used to love me you don't love me like you did when you first saw me when you first found me when you first heard about me I want you to listen to me right now I can't tell you over 48 years of doing what I'm doing right now how many people I have talked to that were having trouble in their home and in their marriage that one or maybe both would say I just don't love them anymore let me tell you something love's a choice are you listening to me it's a choice. The Lord said, your love is not what it used to be toward me. 
So he said, here's what I want you to do. Remember from whence you're fallen and repent and go back. He said, and I want you to do your first works. Or he said, I'm going to come quickly and I'm going to remove the candlestick out of his place except you repent. In other words, I know all this stuff you're doing, your works, your labor, your patience. I know. I know all about that. I know what you've done. And you've been, you've not fainted. You've been good at that. But you don't love me like you used to love me. And I'm telling you, if you don't repent of that, he said, I'm going to remove you. You're not going to be in the bride of Christ anymore. I'm going to take your candlestick away because you don't love me like you want to love me. I'm preaching to me and I'm preaching to you today. I'm going to tell you where we are in 2020 and the latter part in just a couple of months if the Lord tarries, we'll look at 2021. Oh God, I hope it's a better year. But listen to me right now. We're, when the, we're at the age when people's love has waxed cold. Church don't mean as much. Prayer don't mean as much. Faithfulness don't mean as much. Giving don't mean as much. Loving God don't mean as much. It's kind of like let's go. We got to go because the preacher's going to be on us if we don't get there. Let me tell you, if the only reason, I love you, but if the only reason you're at church today is you're afraid of what Brother Chance is going to say, I want to tell you you're wasting your time. You need to fall in love with Jesus today. When you fall in love with him, you'll love him. Nobody can stop your hands from going up. Nobody can take that dance out of your spirit. Nobody can cause you to miss church. Nobody. Nobody when you fall in love with him. Come on somebody. I'm preaching to you today. Do you really love Jesus? He wants to know today. Do you really love him? He's asking the question this morning. Do you really love him? Do you love him like you say you love him? I love to hunt. I love to fish. They laugh at me. Because if I'm hunting, I'm going to be there before daylight. I ain't waiting till 7 30, 8 o'clock to show up. If I'm fishing, I'm going to be there before daylight. It's just the way I am. You're going to drag up. You ain't going to get nothing either. I don't care what I'm doing. I'm on time. I love you. You're going to think I've lost my mind today. I love every one of you, but listen to me right now. And I didn't look to see who was late today or who. This is not just for today. This is for every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time you come to God. Everything that's going to, look, no matter what's going on at this church, you ought to want to be right in the middle of it. If it's church, you ought to say, man, i got to get to church. That's, that's Jesus I'm serving. That's not the pastor. I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. See, I see love waning. I see people.
that drift and their love is, is it's, it's evaporating by the day and the moment and the hour. I'm trying to restore you today and tell you if you'll do what he told Ephesus to do and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I put that before you. I'm sorry that that came before you. And I'm sorry I wasn't fervent in that. I'm sorry I didn't do this like I should have. And we all need that. We'd repent today and walk out of here and say, I'm going to serve God better than I've ever served God before because I want to fall in love with him again, again and again and again. Oh, how I love him today. How I love him today. Do you hear me today? He just wants to know, and I close. I'm one minute to close in time. He just wants to know, do you really love him? Are you just saying it? Trying to make, look, here's what Peter said. Well, this is powerful. Lord, thou knowest. I would like for you to say that with me today. Say, Lord, thou knowest. And guess what? He does. You can fool me. You can't fool him. You can fool everybody, but you can't fool him. He knows. He knows. Teaching on Wednesday night, not long ago, I told church about a lady I used to pastor. She called me. She said, not in this church, okay? Aren't you glad of that? She said one day, this is a true story. She said, Pastor, I'm not going to make it tonight. She said, I've been in that mall all day today, and my feet are killing me. She said, but the Lord knows my heart. I wasn't ugly. I just said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You know what? That's between you and Jesus. Yes, ma'am. But you made one true statement. He knows your heart. He knows your heart. He knows. Somebody say, he knows. He knows if you love him. He knows if you're just saying it. He knows if you're falling in love with him today or he knows if you're going through the motions. Here's what I'm telling you. We need to all find a personal prayer meeting place where we can talk to God alone. And I'm telling you right now, if you will let the tears of repentance flow and the heart empty out and just say, Lord, I put so many things before you in my life. But today, I'm putting you back in your rightful place. You will be a happier Christian than you've ever been when you fall in love with him all over again. Mm. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. I wonder today in the closing moments before we leave this building today, if early you could sing that with us and lead us or somebody in that song. And let's just sing it together with our hands raised, with our eyes closed. I want you to sing it from down in here. I want you to think about it today. Put your hands up all over this house. Come on, oh, how I love Jesus.
disciples one day and he said if you love me give him the offering is that what he said he said if you love me huh I hear it he said keep my commandments if you love me well guess what the ten commandments are what's the first one love the Lord with all your heart soul, mind, and strength. There it is. I can't do any better than what I've done today, but I want you to fall in love with Him. Let's just sing this. Fall in love with Jesus. This is it right here. Falling in love with singing it one more time, falling in love. Who wants to just come stand somewhere and say, I love you, Jesus. I got time to pray. 
praise you today. I'm sorry for the things that's been in my life. I'm sorry for the things that's trying to take your place. I'm sorry. Don't get too close to one another. If you want to come, just stand around the front or down the aisles or in the, it doesn't matter. Just come on. Oh, yes. I've never ever died. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love. Help us to fall in love. 
we want to be saved. And we love you more than anything we could ever, ever talk about to you. You've done more for me than anybody. I love you, Jesus. for allowing me to preach my heart to you. I trust you'll be back Wednesday for Bible school. I trust you have a wonderful week. And I want you to do what I said. Find you a place, repent, talk to God, make sure that you're in love with Jesus Christ.